1: Middle call, baby, hey.
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome. I'm Guy. That's John Haberman. I'm Middle call. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube live, this is a Tuesday afternoon. <clears> that like button, subscribe to the channel. If you're you, if you're uh, podcasting, thank you. Five star review, Apple Podcasts. We appreciate that. Podcast in the description below on uh, the tube, YouTube in the description of the podcast. On the podcast, how about those Sacramento Kings, guy? Uh, what happened to that? The Warriors lose, Warriors win. win found a way. But Warriors they win. Okay, I saw some tweets like, why do they need playoff Steph to beat the Kings? It's the way it is. This is the, the Warriors Kings matchup is very college, very power five, bowl game, group of five team. Like the Kings just always play up for that game, always.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, Kings suck. I mean, they they always do. As uh, as I, as I ran into Giants pitcher Logan Webb the other day, as he had on Jason Williams jersey, little name drop. I said, because I obviously know he's from Sac. I said, "What year were you born? Do you remember when the Kings played of their eighty-two game schedule? They got about less than thirty on channel thirty-one in the late 90s And for us normal human beings. That's where you got 25 games of Sacramento King basketball with white chocolate, the jersey you're wearing. He's like, I don't remember that. I was born in 1996. So like when Jason Williams got there, which my guess would be like 99-ish, you're like, no, I mean, you were four. I mean, it's crazy. I was like, God, I feel old. But he knew it was a cool jersey to wear. Yeah, I mean, it's. You, he can go to YouTube. You know. There's a lot of guys out there at the frat parties wearing Sean Kemp's. You know, that yeah. aren't going to YouTube to watch collabro highlights. <laughs> it, it does feel like the jerseys from the 90s, even if you were born in the late 90s and never really watched those guys, is cooler than wearing some jersey from like today. Like, you're, yeah. you're not going to wear a fucking CP3 jersey or Dwight Kyle Howard. Kyle Corver. <laughs>
2: no. You wear you did, like a, a McGrady still works, but you want to go, that's like the newer. You want to go older than that. Maybe a Ray Allen Bucks, but you want to go a little.
0: I saw like def left shrimp at this at this oh, deal. Yeah. A
2: Sonics jersey is a great jersey.
0: It does look good. It does
2: look good. We are sponsored by. Actually, there was a you said it on the last pod. There was, you saw a lot of uh, this out there. Tito's handmade vodka. A lot of people have been. Now we always appreciate you guys DMing us photos, tagging us in pictures. But specifically in the last few weeks, it's been a lot of Tito's water and lime. We're getting a lot of those. People seem to be enjoying them. Uh, Tito's Handmade Vodka, John. It is uh, numero uno. It is the official uh, sponsor of this show, the title sponsor of this show, which is incredible. Well, and it's America's Original Craft Vodka.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it doesn't get any better. W- whatever you want, like you said, the easiest drink of all that's literally the drink of choice by the guy that founded the company and created the cocktail is Tito's, water, and lime. You could go lemon as well.
1: Uh, yeah, Actually, his do. is a lemon. His is
0: his a is lemon. lemon yeah. yeah. You can go lime if you want, but he goes lemon. Uh, and it's very, very popular in the circles of Tito Beverage and obviously our listenership. For me, you know, sometimes that's a little, I, I just like a little sweetness. So, you know, I get, you can go sugar free if you go to Safeway or wherever you shop, those kind of, you know, tall boys of Arnold Palmer. Yeah. Boom. And those last about, I mean, you could leave it in the fridge half open. Come back a couple days later, boom, throw yep. it in there. It's easy. Yep. You definitely need like the the half cal or the half
2: sugar, or whichever one it is. You don't. And it's need still fantastic. You do not weed.
0: need. You know where they have it? Safeway is like the jugs. You can get basically like you know an orange juice jug, uh-huh. but it's the half and half zero sugars. So boom. <laughs> uh, love the
2: light sugars. I do think the Tito's water lemon is a pretty baller order when you sidle up uh, when you when you belly up to the bar. Uh, of course, Tito's is the uh, judge's choice double gold medal winner at the World Spirits Competition, the chairman's trophy for the world's best vodka tonic. I highly recommend specifically the ginger beer at Trader Joe's as a great mixer uh, for a little ginger beer and Tito's a uh, little mule there. Uh, but whatever you do and they got, you know, fall is here, holiday season, people come into the house, all kinds of great holiday drink recipes at Tito's distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Forty percent alcohol by volume, namely eighty proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. Cheers
0: to uh, my little brother. Why did he have a baby? Matthew John Middlecop, born this morning.
2: Ah, ha, ha.
0: congrats, <laughs> little Jeff. Tito's up for you, buddy. <laughs> there we go. That's not fantastic. that he, not that Jeff did much besides just be there, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. he did create.
2: Yep, he did create. Um, on the stream, uh, Tito's the official sponsor of Raider Nation. I don't think they're not. They're not. They're not saying that. But. Oh no! no! Let's punt the brakes there. <laughs> Winners only, John. Uh, but um, yeah, I guess like we
0: say, it's good for all the emotions. Tell friends about Indeed. Or yeah, tell them. Yeah, r- really quick, just really quick. Friends at Indeed hiring never been easier. You, you just go to Indeed.com/slash/ham. <laughs> instant match they find the skills you're looking for indeed assessments help take the stress out of interview process all virtual not wasting any time indeed knows when you're growing your business and there's never a better time to grow a business than times like now things are cheap go right now indeed.com slash that's indeed.com slash ham need to hire you need indeed just go to indeed.com slash ham indeed.com slash ham terms and conditions apply there you go Good job. All right.
2: I wanted to start with something today. Now, did you see who the new Colts offensive coordinator is?
0: I follow his wife on Instagram. That's that's the only reason I know him. Parks Frazier. Yeah. That's the guy's name. His what? wife. They had, they had a bit young. Uh, they have a young child. OK. She used to be. What would her equivalent be like? The Amy G of the Panthers is how I think I ran into her Instagram years ago. She was kind Team of reporter. doing something like that. Yeah, team reporter. And I maybe she's team reporter by the Colts, I'm not quite sure. Maybe she's not a she was the team reporter for the colts.com. She's cool. I mean, I she's a she was a good follow. So, uh, they have a golden retriever.
2: When I heard his name, I thought he he sounded like a guy that should have been uh, you know, leading Vanderbilt in home runs this year. Parks Frazier, yeah. great baseball name. But I had to do some Googling, John. And uh I went to Wikipedia. There are two paragraphs on his personal life entry. And I want to read the two paragraphs to you because I think they're it's uh it's pretty great. Pretty great two paragraphs. Uh a little coaching career. Here we go. Paragraph one. Frazier is married to Carolyn Kant, former reporter for the Colts website. The couple were wed by Colts head coach Frank Wright. Solid. Solid. Yeah. <laughs> Paragraph two. Frazier's home was damaged in a shooting in 2019 when 77 rounds were fired into the home. Oh my God. No residents were home. No injuries were reported. The targeting of Frazier's house was later ruled a mistake. Paragraph one, here's my wife, Frank Reich, married us. <laughs> Paragraph two, 77 rounds fired in my home by accident. That's if I if you only read those two paragraphs for a person's life, you'd say. There's a lot. This guy's just a lot of different avenues we could talk. We could You could talk to Parks Frazier and be like, let's talk about some things, Parks.
0: If there was a moment when your home got pumped through a lead, pumped full of lead, and for whatever reason, whether it was scheduled, you had to go to dinner with your wife, you had a work event. Hell, you just randomly went to go see your parents down the road. You'd spend some time thinking like, what if that hadn't been on the schedule or the docket, and I had been sitting there watching the fucking Warriors barely beat the Kings.
2: Also, if they had said to me, like, it was random, I don't know. I wouldn't be like, oh, cool, never mind. All right, everyone, everybody back in.
0: <laughs> I'd still have to leave, I think. I would still have to leave. Well, if it was random, does that mean the guy they were looking for is in the vicinity and they just were off one on the old uh, address? Because it's like, well... Is my neighbor James and Juliet on the other side? I mean, what the hell are they cooking? I mean, am I in enemy territory here? Yeah. Because you never truly know. Mm -mm. And I'm a big believer in this. I don't give a shit what you do inside your house. As long as you're not bringing, you know, the gangs coming my way. Right. Right. You could do what you want to do inside your house as long as you're not messing with my stuff. Yeah. Or playing fucking music late at night. Is this Manzanita? (laughs) Wrong street. (laughs) My bad. I always remember. You remember your first move to go roll into other room or just go flat lay and hope it doesn't pierce low. I I don't know what the move is. I have thought of
2: that. I have thought of that many times since the the. You remember the uh, the Boston Marathon Sarnev that shooter, yeah, the bomber, right? Remember that story? I remember that night so clearly because I remember waking up to watch it and calling you at two a.m. saying, "Turn on your TV." Was he hiding in a boat? Yeah, they had like tracked him. Yeah. Well, one of the stories that night was there was somebody in that neighborhood, right, where he eventually was found hiding in the boat. They were doing some shooting at each other. Somebody in that neighborhood had just gotten out of their computer chair to, like, look out the window or some maybe hit the deck. And and shortly thereafter, when they got up, they, a bullet hole had gone right through the headrest of the computer chair. So ever since that, I've always wondered, like, what do you do? I mean, you want to get away from, you know, that side of the windows. You want to hit the ground first, I guess, and then maybe. Army crawl. But uh yeah, man, 77 rounds in your home. Like, I don't know. You just better not be home or near the front of the house. Insane. Yeah. Insane. Parks Uh, element.
0: uh, There's 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 an element of luck and randomness to life. 100 percent There's an element of luck and randomness. And you know, I've listened we've all I'm not the most religious guy, but sometimes you gotta believe, especially in something like that, where it's like someone's looking after me, (laughs) right? I just read a story from John Kinzano about some guy at a
2: Washington State game who had a heart condition, didn't know it, just happened to be like on the concourse, about to pass out, and a nurse was in line with her family and saw him and realized something's wrong with him and got over there and restarted his heart. She just happened to be in line. Now, if you're that guy, you're thinking, how was a nurse right there, right?
0: You're she have like the, she said. have like the medical. Devices on her? Like, no, she, she, just she just knew how to get that to CPR and back
2: back up, get that thing running again. Yeah. So
0: I remember my brother, his first child said it's it's an eerie feeling that first couple times, you know, when the kid is quite old enough to like the mom can go out and run errands. Like, oh, you just stay home with him. And you just realize like, what if something goes wrong? I got yeah. no clue what to do. Comment on just, the
2: uh, on the street. Right.
0: Parker Parks Frazier might be a gangster ass motherfucker. Who knows? 100 percent that's why you know it's you kind of get everyone off the scent you marry the team employee and you asleep. uh you have frank who's a very religious man maria uh Mar- remember uh, marvin harrison all of a sudden lighting people up at his uh car wash his was car wash was that a true story i never we never really got to the bottom of that one. well yeah i mean the guy got lit up it's just was well, marvin was there. Did martin and yeah. marvin shoot him that was always kind of the. Uh, I mean, no one I, knows I think, I think everyone thinks he did Luis says, uh, "At a
2: gave us twenty bucks to say at a pharmaceutical industry expo in Boston after presenting, uh, told everyone I was with the I was with in the Four Seasons to get that Tito's and soda.
0: Yeah, you're living good there, Luis.
2: Four Seasons, Tito's and soda
0: must must be nice. All right,
2: Uh, John. Here's a little nugget for you. Uh, Games between good football teams have been hard to come by in the NFL in recent weeks. I did a little digging, looked it up." Uh, here's the last four weeks of uh, NFL data, okay? Week seven, there were three games between teams 500 or better. Week eight, three games. Last week, four games that featured two teams 500 or better. This week, there are two games that feature teams 500 or better. Bills-Vikings is one. Chargers-Niners is the other one. That's it.
0: Is that the type of content going on, uh, on Twitter.com? Right That's now? what you're <laughs> missing right now, John. That is what you're missing.
2: Yes. So I could just, I can bring you the good stuff or that dry piece of research.
0: So it's safe to say this is, you know, one of the better games of the week.
2: Safe to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's Sunday night football. <laughs> it's Sunday night football. One of the better games of the week, no doubt. And we'll see if, you know, what the Josh Allen situation is, but, uh, it's a big game for both teams. I mean, more so than that they're both 500 or better. It's just the Niners are 500. It's not like they're above 500. And the Chargers are 5-3 and three in a really kind of crowded AFC right now. Like, at the top of the AFC, the Bills have looked great. The Chiefs have looked great. They're both 6-2. and two. I mean, Baltimore 6-3. and three.
0: So, AFC race is legit. Well, and just a ton of teams, right, for the wild card. I mean, the, the Jets. Uh, The 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 Jets and the Pats have they have bye weeks this week. I mean, they're both what six and three and five and four. Here's the thing for the Niners: when they play on Sunday night, they will have a lot of clarity in their division, right? Arizona and the Rams. One of them is going to feel dead. I mean, I I would say Cardinals feel dead right now, but like they could feel really, really dead at three and seven. (laughs) Yeah, that's dead. Three and seven's dead because you could get the Cardinals at this time of year too. Yeah, that they're so gutless by the time you play them that you're in pretty good shape. But, like, you get to four and six, all of a sudden you go, we just take two out of three, we're just one game under, we're competing the NFC shitty. And Seattle and somehow Tom Brady are going, playing a game in Germany at 7 in the morning on, well, I guess 7.30 in the morning, my time. 6.30, I don't like this non-spring forward. I like getting that extra hour of sleep. But, like, that, if Seattle wins that game... If the 49ers lose, you are two games back in the division, even though you beat them. You're two games back in the loss column, right? They would be, they're six and three now. They would be seven and three, and you would be four and five like that. Yeah. Would that be a little bit of a problem? I mean, it, it would be in
2: part because, like, Atlanta, who no, we don't really think about Atlanta. We don't talk about Atlanta. We just see Atlanta a lot somehow. But Atlanta right now is on the Niners' heels. Atlanta plays Thursday. Like, if you're the Niners, you want the Panthers to win on Thursday. You don't want Atlanta sitting there at five and five. As you go into this game at four and four, because if you're, or, two, you know where that game is, which, uh, Atlanta, Carolina, I, th- I'll, I
1: won't say it's in Carolina.
2: It's in Carolina. So you you go
0: into, you go into the weekend, you Al know, Michael's got to, is how Michael's regretting this move or is it like, whatever. I just signed up. That's a terrible fucking Yeah, What's game. he making? Like, that's what I would <laughs> say to
2: Al It's like, well, I mean, 13 mil. Well, what do you get now? Just, you know, I, you, are you allowed to complain if you're making, if you signed up for $10 million? Why are you working out? You're like 80. Just call it a career. <laughs> uh, it is fun. I mean, but so if, if Atlanta wins, they're five and five. If, if Seattle wins, Tampa is four and six. That's not terrible on one hand, because now just Atlanta jumps up and they're the NFC South leaders. But, If Tampa wins and is five and five, and Atlanta wins and is five and five, Atlanta is just sitting right there behind the Niners, and they have the Niners head to head tiebreaker. Now, to your point, the good news would be that means Seattle loses, and the Niners aren't two games back of Seattle. But the point is, Atlanta is kind of hovering around the Niners. You could argue they should have beat the Chargers last week. We can talk more about that.
0: I think Atlanta looks pretty solid. Like, to me, when I watch Atlanta, if you had to say middle if you got to put a thousand dollars on a record above or below five hundred. I think I would take nine and eight, and I don't think it's inconceivable that I have to look at the rest of their schedule. I mean, I, they should win on Thursday. Would it be the craziest thing if I told you that that bunch went ten and seven? No, I mean, John. They, they play
2: Panthers. They play the Bears. Okay, Tough Bears. Is not, Bears are feisty right now. Play Commanders. Play the Steelers. I mean, they got some. These are winnable games. Saints.
0: Winnable Ravens, Cardinals, Bucks. Yeah, I mean it's Niners losing that game. That, that one could sting if as long as you don't take care of business. If, they,
2: if if Atlanta wins this week, they've got at
0: least, I think, probably four more wins in them. And so what would they be if nine they win wins. this week? Five yeah. and five. So you're with me, though, it's not inconceivable that they could get to ten. Because they do, I mean, those. I might have been a little harsh on Drake London watching him. I know Khalil ripped the ball out of his hands. He's pretty good, and Kyle Pitts feels like he's really coming into his own. And that coach and their run game. I mean, the Algier guy, like they yeah, run. That, hard. That's what I'm saying. I, if I, I do believe, if if Arthur had a skinnier face and you could promote him a little more, like uh, the Lafleur McVeigh Kyle, he would be getting more hype. Or maybe it's just Atlanta for Tennessee, a bigger market. Or it was Tennessee? You know, the quarterback he had in Tennessee. I mean, I, I think he's pretty good. Like, I watch their team, especially on offense, and go, he's, he's fucking making shit happen. Thank God. If And you could say the same thing, I guess, for the 49ers. Like, if you gave the 49ers or the Falcons either one of them, let's just say Justin Herbert, it would be a problem. If, if I gave the Atlanta Falcons Justin Herbert, would you go lock playoff team?
2: Yeah. They'd have blown the Chargers out last week.
0: Would have killed them. They
2: still almost beat them.
0: Well, they what would they have done to the Niners? I mean, they won 28-4. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't have been an upset. <laughs> they just would have lost. They, they, they would have lost. They, they just would be a, they would be a problem. They, they feel like a quarterback and a couple guys on defense away from being. I mean, is that their division in a year? So I guess ultimately, yeah, I'm not trying to defend the loss. That loss has aged better. Two games that I was wrong on at the time in terms of how it would age. Seattle win has aged pretty damn good. And the Atlanta w- loss has actually aged a little bit better over Yeah, but time. if you had beaten Atlanta, they'd I'm not be justifying four, the loss. It was embarrassing at
2: the time. They'd be three and six right now. What's their record right now? Four and five. They feel better than four and five, though, don't they? Hmm. They they feel like, like you said, like a nine and eight, eight and nine team. I guess they lost to the Chargers. In my mind, I keep thinking they beat the Chargers, but they lost. They, lost. they lost. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I know there's a weird scenario where like if Atlanta loses, the Niners could lose football team plays Philly, so they lose even if the Rams beat the Cardinals, they still have the head to head tiebreaker. And so the Niners could actually lose and still, quote unquote, be a, in a playoff spot uh, next week. But the point I is, like, well, I I think football
0: team I mean, the Eagles aren't going 17 and oh, I know there is 11, it- 11, I think points where's spread. that where's that game? Uh, I want to say, you know, I don't know. I thought it was in Philly. Let me, I can look. It's, it's, yeah, it's in Philly. Okay. So, tough spot for Roll Heineke. Heineke had a pass. Did you see his pass to Curtis Samuel? Into triple coverage, one of the referees wiped out one of the safeties who was going to pick the ball off, just takes him out. The other two guys probably pick it off too. Curtis Samuel like leaps up makes the catch i want to say it was aikman whoever was calling the game was like that was a horrible decision but it was a (laughs) 60 yard bomb the referee destroyed one of the dbs and and the guy gets up like what the fuck the referees you know like barely getting up yeah i don't you know the commanders man but
2: they're, they're feisty chase young's coming back Uh, so to your point on the chargers, they're five and three, new England's five and four since he's five and four Miami six and three, the jets, as you said on a buy at six and three, Tennessee at, at five and three. But, but, uh, luckily for them, the, the South is, uh, MIA. So, um, that's, that's their division completely, but you know, there's, this game actually has more meat to it. Niners chargers, than it does like the sizzle that I expected
0: it to have, you know? Well, like Bills-Vikings, the other game that you had listed on your tweet that I can't see, that that game for Minnesota, did have you seen – I mean, every team in that division, besides, Minnesota has one loss. All the other teams have six or worse. Like They've unofficially won that division. Like, that thing's over. Who They're comes five back games to, up. Is that good? How, and, and they beat all the teams. Like how, Five how, games how, up in baseball is a lot. How are they – what are they, like, honestly, two wins away from a hat and t-shirt game? Like, mm-hmm. how – who the fuck? <laughs> that, thing, that thing's a wrap. I don't think any of the other teams are going to get to nine wins. So that game ultimately doesn't matter that much to Minnesota. There's just a lot of political, or I mean, uh, not political playoff uh, implications on this Niner Charger game. Just big yeah. to picture too, like and, and this, like part of you know acquiring Christian McCaffrey and getting healthy, all these guys back is like, I guess that uh, I don't know if Lombardi or someone. I don't know how I would have seen this. Maybe someone forwarded to me that they ended practice yesterday by like one, two, three time to go on a run or something. Who did Fred Warner? I think when he, oh, you know, the no. team had like a light walkthrough practice after the buy, but I think they said that in the locker room after they kicked the Rams ass, which is yeah, true. I saw like, that in the locker room. It, now's the time. Like when you, you know, four and four. So what you got nine games, like what to, what to you is the mark six and three minimum over the next ten. Or is that that doesn't add up. Or yeah, we got nine games left. Excuse me, six and three. That Are you asked me asking the, what
2: would be good, or like what? Well, I'm
0: be? just saying, like, what is the minimum acceptable to be like? I, to me, it's probably six and three. Over to be nine what games. in the playoffs, or but just like the just standard the of moving forward to be yeah. good, you yeah. know, make a run. Yeah, And seven and two shouldn't be out of the realm of possibility, right? And if you go seven and two, to me, you probably win the division. But this a bit like this is a game that at the beginning of the year we you know everyone had circled. And it turns out
2: the chargers are five and three, But this week, week ten of the NFL season,
0: they do not look like the chargers that you know some people expected to get. You agree with that? Well, guy, they Austin Slater, who in the top one hundred, which say what you want about it, there is some good meat the way players talk about other players, not necessarily yeah. on where you're ranked. You know who talked about Austin Slater? It was Trent Williams who said he has a training thing in Texas, and Austin started coming there when he was young. And Trent Williams was like, holy shit, this guy is good. That, that's who spoke for him. J.C. Jackson, who was the guy everyone wanted for the 49ers to sign, and it turned out he was way more expensive than Ward. You know what both those guys are? Gone for the season. Joey Bosa, not necessarily gone for the season, but he's out for this game. Those, I mean, those are three, like, all pros. Part of the reason why I picked the Chargers to be a playoff lock is – those three guys are better than most teams, like best players, and those are just three of their players. Right, Rashawn Slater. I don't know what you said, but uh, I said Austin Slater. I don't know why I said. Austin is Slater. that a, is that a Giant? Oh, Giant, yeah, San Francisco Giant. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. I mean, I they are no lock to play in this game. I don't I, think. I, from what I read, Mike probably is out, and Keenan
2: day to day. Pelicaro said uh, turning close to turning the corner but they with the news on that'll come Wednesday but it sounds like Mike Williams is out.
0: They lost uh, defense. you just go to the Chargers page on ESPN, espn.com it says another guy lost for the season, Austin Jackson defensive tackle, 7-year pro, like just meat of their boom, tours ACL gone. Like they have lost a shitload of people for the year and you factor in like if Mike Williams can't play, I was watching the Seattle game for my iPad ran out of batteries and Mike Williams and he, I think that's the game that he had his high ankle sprain because then they had the bye and then they just won this game. He's a fucking beast. <laughs> Mike Williams. Listen, I'm a Keenan Allen, I got a soft spot for him. I do think Mike Williams is our best wide receiver. He's a he's just he's a difference-making player because physically it's hard to match up for him, especially if I told you that those two guys were fully healthy, you'd be like, well, this is a tough test for all You know, the the rotation of whoever's on the opposite side of Charvarius. And that's you'd say even for Charvarius, like being on one of those two guys, that's just a it's a tough matchup. Yeah. Those guys are gonna get theirs. Especially Keenan, right? He just works over the middle of the field. He's he just gets his eight for eighty against most teams. Watching them against the Falcons, the Bosa
2: thing really hurts them because you can just you just run away from Mac, which is what the Falcons did. And Khalil, I know the rip away from Drake London play was cool. I just, I don't know what you thought watching the game. Like he's just, he's not the same guy that he was. I know when he had the rip away, the chargers tweeted like Khalil Mack washed question mark, question mark. And then they show that play. It's like, first of all, I wasn't even thinking about it till you guys wrote your guy is might be washed. And now that you mention it. Yeah. I mean, he's not the same guy now. I'm not saying he's washed up. I've hated washed for like three years. Washed up, just say up. But whatever, it does sound cool. Can't deny that. Because uh, well, isn't washed a good thing? Like I just washed, right? Yeah. I'm clean. <laughs> Did you say watched? Um, but he, it like I to me like Khalil Mack would really benefit from Joey Bosa being on that team, obviously. But it would just keep teams from being able to
0: avoid him, which they they're doing. They just and he's well, one on that on that play specifically. It wasn't like. Khalil Mack turns the edge, almost gets Herbert, turns the corner, chases down the wide receiver. He was dropped into coverage. He was kind of in no man's land. Drake London catches him out by the sideline to make a play, turns back up. Khalil's just there. And I don't think you expect Khalil – I'm not defending Drake Drake London. You got it, ball security. But clearly, I don't think he realized that the defensive end, outside linebacker standing there with the biggest arms in the league, grabs the ball right out of it. It it wasn't – it was a good play because Cleo just took the ball, but it wasn't like he came from far. Drake just ran right into him as he's dropped into coverage. Here's what I know. As
2: he's getting held up by like two, one or two other guys.
0: W- would Kyle Shanahan pay to have Cleo Mack dropped into coverage every single play? No. You Will don't you, think Kyle would Shanahan pay would to pay up into coverage? Well, I, I'm saying would oh, Kyle Shanahan right. pay the Chargers On to drop? Co- yeah. Yeah. yeah, would he On pay team, for he them? Never drop him into coverage. Yeah, yes. yeah. When you drop yeah. into coverage is a big win for the you know the offensive team. So, but most but times Khalil Mack
2: run like he plays the run better than he pass
0: rushes. Right, right now. Yeah, but I'm just saying you just want him away. Yeah, yeah. And then, right when he did it, I. Cause I remember t- we talked about it earlier, the ball security. The second time I watched the ball security was, he was just like, <laughs> going like, and then he realized it and he doubled down. Yeah. That's how he fell. Yeah. Uh, there were so some, fu- there were some fumbles in that game. And then on, t- and then on top of
2: that, John, uh, you know, your favorite topic, like part of it is it's also Brandon Staley who you're going up against here. Right. So it's brand who actually thought through some pretty interesting blitz, like just, Threw a few things at Mariota early in that game in terms of blitzes from different spots, but, um, you know this is not an Andy a, a, a limping Andy Reid team where he can make up for a lot of it. Probably,
0: I would say of all the coaches that consistently getting made fun of, by um, you, by me, but I you know I I, I think universally i would of you know what's mean, going on on the internet right now. Yeah, but i I've, I've had my fair share of time, so I know what plays and what doesn't. I would <laughs> say that Kingsbury's up there. I would yeah. obviously say that, you know, Brandon Staley has been up there with some of his decisions. And when you lose to people like that, and Kingsbury last year beat him twice, it you could Andy Reid could have lost to Mike Vrabel on Sunday night, and it's not the worst loss because it's fucking Mike Vrabel and he's been beating a lot of people, even though ideally your team is better than that team. It's what I'm saying about, like, the loss to Arthur Smith. Like, if Arthur Smith, last year he went 7-10, with Matt fucking Ryan, and if this year he goes 9-8, and eight, you go, this guy might be a little better than you realize. And no mm-hmm. wonder him and Vrabel as a combination were rattling off playoff victories. Like, looking yeah. back, that's a pretty dynamic uh, combination. Yeah. You lose to Brandon Staley guy, I, I'm I'm just... I, I can't justify it. I, I cannot accept anything less than you deserve everyone shitting on you. Because that's what's going to happen. Because here's the other thing. You just listed all those guys injury, injured. You watch them. They are... Uh, as you said a skinny herbert who is clearly banged up who's throwing the guys that most nfl fans have never heard of it it feels like they got justin herbert they got khalil mack who's not quite khalil mack anymore and derwin james and they they got a lot of random guys flying around so this is you're not playing a big time team and you're playing a coach that most people think sucks And, and i would say universally everyone thinks they should fire him and hire someone else because you're going to waste this quarterback.
2: Yeah, it, it looks like they're wasting the quarterback now. And I think I admit, I don't think I said it on the stream. I said it to you beforehand. The thing about her, Herbert does look, watching him, I've watched a lot of Herbert. And obviously, I mean, he fractured his ribs. He just, he does look like he probably hadn't been lifting as much in the last month and a half. Although they say he's healthy now, he does look a little skinnier to me. Now, part of it, he's tall, so you can just look a little skinnier. Feels like the ball's still. Yeah, I mean he's he does a really good job of like looking like he's going to throw a rocket and then throwing a changeup if it's like a dump down type pass. Um, but yeah, I mean it's Bob on the stream says you can't lose to Haley and Hackett in the same season, a uh, Staley and Hackett in the same season. That would be unacceptable, flat out.
0: Be rough. It's like that, three. that's a loss that's aged even worse, right? The Hackett eleven to ten game. Yeah, there are there's no words for that one. Yeah, that's is that a worse loss than uh, the Bears game, given that the, if you want to factor yes. in the monsoon?
2: Yeah, you factor in the monsoon. Although, you know, it's like, uh, Justin Fields turning out to be good. Isn't good for the you know, it's not good for you if you're the mm-hmm. Niners. So, there's a lot of poison in, in some of their losses. The Broncos lost. Hurts that Bears loss hurts.
0: I mean, who'd think a you know five star guy from Ohio State that also went to Georgia that has a rocket well, arm I mean, and is six foot three and can run like the wind would turn out to be a you know an above average talent. The Ohio State guys have been bad before. That was one of the knocks on them, right? I saw before I uh, got locked out of Twitter. I just sometimes just search, like when something's just hot, you know, I just type in Justin yeah, yeah, Fields yeah, totally, and you just run into like a lot of former Ohio State guys that are probably like our age or older. And it's like that feeling when Justin Fields, you know, bails out an entire program of bus, you know, and just all, all the different memes of Justin Fields doing God's work for a program that just can't produce a good starting quarterback. And like everyone in a weird way, despite going 11th, has any player gone that high and been written off quite like Justin Fields? Like, Because he went 11th in a draft, but it felt like everyone did not think he was that good. Yeah, like when Deshaun
2: went high, there were a lot of people who were like banging the table for
0: him, right? I just don't think that many people were banging the table for Justin Fields. Do you uh, think Justin Fields wouldn't have gone 11 and fallen to 15 with Mack, would Bill still have taken Mack? I don't know. I, I, he might have taken
2: Justin at that case. Because he'd be like, look, look, I just like he just had Cam, and just probably had some fun with like the athleticism, right? Like maybe Josh McDaniels would have seen like we could do some stuff with a guy who can run. Yeah, I would have loved know. to see that scenario. But Josh might have also preferred Mac. I don't know, McDaniels. Yeah. Uh, somebody here said, where did this go? Uh, Robert says, honestly, is Staley better than Anthony Lynn was? Anthony Lynn revenge game. John forgot about that part of this. Truth. Yep. Jay says, how does McCaffrey's usage formations change with Elijah back potentially on Sunday? Um, I mean, Elijah Mitchell, not he's not the number one running back anymore, right?
0: Well, is there a diamond? Hell uh, yeah, play? there is. Quarterback under center. You could either go Juice or, depending on Juice's finger, you know, rumor on the street is he's, he's coming back. You go Debo, Elijah McCaffrey who knows who's going where and maybe Kittle and juice each on the edge, just power, you know, or you throw McKivitt's just the no, ultimate. No, no.
2: You go, you go Kittle and juice
0: next to Trent, Williams. Trent. You put them on the same side. How about that fucking formation? I, I this might be 12 guys, but you also throw McKivitz in there as an extra off. We got to do the math. I, do we have enough yeah, guys? On the line I, line we service. could be at 12. You know, I don't you I know. think a
2: Debo juice, Mitchell and McCaffrey backfield would be, it, but I don't,
0: Man, do you think there? Do you think we get a play in the near future? Wildcat, Debo, McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell—two of the three of them. Thousand percent, yes. Do you think it's more likely to be McCaffrey and Debo? How about a Debo throwback to McCaffrey, who then throws a pass to Garoppolo? Do, do you know what you can do when you have a sweet running quarterback? Uh-huh. Did you see Lamar's Debo McCaffrey pass? Yeah, it was basically the, the, just the, the, the one that got broken up. That play. I thought – no, the touchdown. I think oh. it was the first – they basically just ran quarterback power, but you just think he's going to take off, and yeah. he just stops and throws it, and the guy's wide open. But it's yeah, just Man- the quarterback? Yeah. yeah. Because I was watching Manning was going, pass, 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 pass. Peyton. Peyton.
2: Um. Well, that was one other thing from the – just go back to the charges for a second. Cordero Patterson – did one of his touchdowns get called back? The one sweet one back.
0: that he broke down the corner, yeah.
2: But he had a – he, like – he, they he's ran the ball. I thought the Falcons. The numbers don't quite reflect. I thought watching the game, the Falcons punched the Chargers in the mouth with their. I ring agree. In. So, so Jay, like I, you know, Elijah. I I don't know. I mean, do you? I, I didn't. I I don't love whatever it was. Twenty three touches for McCaffrey. If that number's more like fifteen, because it
0: can be, that'd be cool. I mean, you want to get Elijah Mitchell going a little bit? Did you? But. Were you watching? I think it was the post game press conference. We were on live. I couldn't sleep that night. And I I clicked on, I watched a little bit of Kyle and they asked him about the double pass to McCaffrey. And they're like, how did you develop or how did you think of that? Or why? You know? And he said, well, on Thursday night, we're getting ready for our red zone package. Cause typically that's a, I think a short yardage red zone play. And he said, he just screams down the hall, right? Like anyone know if McCaffrey can throw, honestly, if for as trivial as it sounds, it's kind of good insight. Like this is just, everyone's kind of in their office working on their packages before a meeting. And you know, the, the offensive coordinator just screams down the hall. And then all of a sudden the tight end coach texts him a clip of McCaffrey when he was a Panther, what'd he throw it, like 60, 55 yards in the air. And then they tried it at practice and boom, you the rest is history. He threw, but, a, he threw a touchdown to Kevin Hogan in college too. So, you know, sometimes now they would have asked, like if they wouldn't have been able to find it, they I'm sure would have tested it out anyway, just see if he could do it. But Little because typically I, I was thinking when he said that what makes a great coach is knowing your player strengths. And the longer you're around certain players, right? Like when you watch like I, I was watching the Miami game, like McDaniel is very, very comfortable with Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mozart, right? Even though they are rel- like he just acquired one free agency and just traded for another. But he knows all their strengths and weaknesses. And it feels like pretty immediately he like he knows Tyreek. Like just what he does well. Now it's pretty he's probably a pretty easy player to deal with. Like when Andy and I think he studied that one in the off season, Like Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, like they they just completely on the same page, 24-7, 365. Even when they miss, you're like, oh god damn, they knew what they were doing there. Yeah. And it's taken him a little while. Now it feels like Juju's coming into his own. But like Kyle is very, very comfortable with his main guys, what they like, you know, Juice, Kittle, Debo, Ayuk. But you I I always find it cool when you get a new toy. How you kind of learn it, and that's what's so crazy about McCaffrey, right? How fast that it all worked, and some of it was just instincts on both their parts. It wasn't even extra necessarily Kyle, but an extra bye week, an extra just those two texting probably over some cocktails and like Thursday night. Like Kyle, I was just thinking this. We used to do this when I was at Stanford or Carolina. I fucking love this. Or Kyle's like, mm. you know, randomly sitting there with his kids, like Christian. What do you think about this? Or him and Debo talking, and then they bring it up to Kyle, like. I bet the think tank over the last week, the off season, just ideas going in guys' heads. Like, you know, we haven't talked about this yet, but I, I really love doing this. You guys, Is that something you guys have run in the past? Like, I, I bet a lot of that's gone down over the last, even the bye week just texting, don't you think? Uh, yeah, and I would add, and I'm not
2: just saying this because he's our guy, but I bet Juszczyk has some ideas. Well, you see just those guys. It, well, the two of them went to, the him and Kittle went to unique? Tahoe. Oh, that's true. I did see those. I did see that on IG. But he just sees the game really uniquely. Right. He sees it from the quarterback's perspective a lot, but he's not necessarily just preoccupied with give me the ball and I gotta do something. He's thinking about he knows what a defender who he's trying to block
0: is gonna react to a situation. You know what's what's unique about that guy, which I wonder if he is still almost undervalued in the league. Now part of it is supply-demand. There are only so many teams that use that position. His value to the Niners from an intellectual standpoint, obviously he's an elite football player, but it's probably worth a couple million dollars. Just, I mean, the rotating well, guys and just the, having new over the years, the amount of new guys that come in throughout the season. When Trey I mean, Lance, if, 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 like, if Trey Lance is your quarterback, he's wor- also in that situation, he's
2: worth a lot of money. He's worth money with McCaffrey. He's worth money. Yeah, you're right. That's a good call.
0: You could argue with what they do. it's it's hard to find another Kittle like a guy that's that complete of a player he's I mean he's one of I've been we've all been watching football for decades if you're over 30 years old it's he's a very unique talent but like you know Hawkinson I'm not these guys aren't as good but you can find tight ends I don't know how you find a like you checks just don't exist in the sport at all like he's he might be a a one-of-a-kind and it might be what I would imagine they try in three or four years, you know, if it, if it Jack ever Coletto, ends, wouldn't you imagine some sort of positional switch? Yeah. I, I think use check was a tight end in college, right? At Harvard, technically. When juice is Kyle's run game coordinator. Yeah. Well, someone texts me like, you know, Jeff Saturday reminds me of an idea Jed would have had like six years ago. And I'm like, <laughs> if you don't think Jed has thought about, Jed wouldn't just go Jeff Saturday. What he'd do is like, I'm going tech hybrid idea here. I'm going Staley to run the offensive portion, not the coordinator. I'm going Willis to be the head coach of the defense. And I'd go like Frank Gore, Alex Smith type CEO of the operation, and then let them pick coordinators and stuff. So it's like we do co-head coaches in a hierarchy of a chart for the onboarding of the operation. That would have been like 15 Jed's ideas. God,
2: I feel like somebody did something like that once.
0: Uh, had like two coaches and it wasn't clear who the head coach was. Well, I would say that the co-coordinator thing, you know, kind of became in vogue, wouldn't you say, like like last decade-ish. Mm-hmm. My last year at Fresno State, I remember Jeff Grady and Frazier were like co-coordinators. It's like, I don't remember hearing that much about it. It feels much more in vogue. Yeah, and part of it's a title thing to get guys more money to keep right. from losing people. So it's right. not. I think if you ask the head coach, he's like, "Well, actually, this guy calls the plays. This guy just his job is just throughout the week scheming the run game than when we meet." So it's not as crazy as it sounds. Right. But, and, and I've he- heard guys, I've asked guys about it because it is interesting.
2: It's a thing that ever that a lot of people do you don't know a lot about. That um, one coach told me one time that they will, if it's a run situation, they'll say that even though the the pass game coordinator was the play caller he would say to the run game coordinator we you know we're running here what do you like here and that guy calls, tells calls the basically picks the play yeah which is an interesting way but then you know you you do have to know both and I've, i i remember there was a coordinator a couple of years ago that people were telling me like he doesn't know the run game at all and he doesn't have a run game i mean he doesn't know the run game so he's not a run game guy but he's the solo offensive coordinator like it's a disaster that that can it can go the other
0: way too well, do you notice Sunday Night Football, whose lips were moving a lot when the before they panned to Mahomes in the huddle? The enemy felt like he was dialing oh. up some plays. And Shady, listen, really? this is Shady's opinion. Who played there claims he doesn't know anything.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I talked to a guy that you know really well who's an who's an offensive coordinator for a head coach that calls plays a few months ago, and I was asking him, like, how does it work? I think I mentioned it on the pod. I've definitely told you this, but he was like, well, He'll I'll stack plays for the next drive and he'll look at them. Sometimes he'll use them. Sometimes he won't. Sometimes something else is going on. He'll tell me you got the next drive coming up, which is a kind of a weird dynamic,
0: but interesting. So I would I, imagine that happens more than people realize the uh, occasional, yeah, I, like I'm going to go. I, I got to go talk to my defensive coordinator, call a couple plays here on first and second. Just down. take the drive or whatever. And then I'll chime. Har- Harbaugh was notorious, right? For just chiming in all the time <laughs> there. If you subscribe to the athletic, there is a fantastic article on like Harba's right hand man, who really it makes it sound like was a huge key component to their kind of turning it around last year, and obviously their success now. Like he's he's played a big role. Very very interesting guy. He goes by the name Pogi. I think it's it's to search Michigan football athletic. I would guess Feldman wrote it, but I'm I'm not exactly sure who wrote it. But it is or maybe Staples or Wasserman. It, it, it was on my main page when I. Uh, head to the restroom earlier this morning and it was i was glued it was it's probably the best thing i've read (laughs) granted bars low there's only been so many articles i've read over the last uh you know couple weeks but that's it's fantastic and it shows the Jim just kind of it's just a good example of this guy helped jim staying out of his coordinator's way and just kind of getting back to his roots of like let your guys cook
1: a little bit butcherbox.com slash ham pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you
0: just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code.
2: Yeah, that's that's it. John, you're, you are not, his name is Biff Pogie.
0: Biff Pogie yeah. Harbaugh's consigliere. I this would have been a lock retweet from from me but can't so, I don't know I don't know how to share this. You you have a platform, John.
2: You're using your
0: platform here.
2: So, good. Thank you. I will you're right. There's a Feldman
0: and uh it was too in depth to just it, it it was just had some good quotes. What? Type stuff that has like a 20-year old. I mean, I read those articles fucking seven a day. Speaking of Harbaugh, Somebody
2: DM me the other day when I was tweeting tweeting about the Colts, and they said, could Jim Harbaugh be – actually what they said was, I think Ursay is going to want Harbaugh to be the next head coach of the Colts. Now, uh, you know, Ursay I don't know if you saw it. Did you see any in the his press conference? Uh, I had it on mute. I, I saw – no, not really. He said he loves the GIF Saturday, hasn't been in the league because he doesn't feel pressure. I saw, I, saw, I saw that clip. Which, as you know, was going to get hammered and did. Um, but you know, I, I don't know what the relationship with Jim
1: Ursay and Harbaugh's like,
2: my bet is Jim could flip the switch real quick. If he had to Harbaugh, that is to, um, you know, make her Ursay feel good. And no one, nobody would give her a hard time for hiring Jim Harbaugh Harbaugh in the ring wanted, of honor
0: for the franchise,
2: right? Yeah. I mean, he's, sure. alt- I, he's in the ring of honor. I'm pretty sure he is. He, uh, well, it's And so is uh, Jeff Saturday. So, you know, we already know that that interests per se. Um Harbaugh wanted the Vikings job, tried to get the Vikings job, hard to tell a little bit uh, a few years ago, but he was at a different point. Michigan has since, I think, uh, repaid him and made him feel special again. And obviously he's got a, as we're recording this, we don't know exactly where the ranking is, but a top CFP team that's going to come out here in 20 minutes, new CFP rankings. So he's got things rolling in Michigan. But if Harbaugh wants to get back to the NFL, this would be a really interesting spot for him. The one thing he doesn't have is a ready
0: made quarterback there, but most teams don't. So he didn't have one in San Francisco and he created it. Yeah. Now, I mean, Alex was there, but he convinced him to stay and then he resurrected his career. He is in the Colts Ring of Honor and he only was there three seasons as a player, I guess 94, 95, technically four, 94 to 97. Culturing of honor is actually pretty incredible. It's like Uh Don't see Unitas. Do you see Jim Robert Ursay, Jim's dad, Dungey, Harrison, Edron James, Eric Dickerson, Marshall Falk, Saturday, Polian, Manning, Wayne, Freeney, Mathis? Probably want to throw Unitas in there, but uh, they might have forgot about him. Feels like Ursay just with a lot of Ur, Jim Ursay
2: guys. I did Ursa. say I've been running this team for 50 years. I know what I'm doing or something like that.
0: Yeah, I mean they the the family's, fifty years like, isn't he like sixty eight? Well, I yeah. I would imagine the family the families had it for fifty years. So in Nurse's mind, he's been around it since you know he was a kid. Uh, I don't think it's crazy now when you read that Michigan article. Yeah, and I I I I believe that they're going to beat Ohio State this year. And just watching college football, Georgia's clearly the best team, but it does feel like he could win a playoff game and be right there again and have back-to-back seasons be in the playoffs. He's making huge cash. Absolutely, he could. I agree with you on that. So, you know, it's hard to tell. Was last year, like, was he scratching his itch? Or was it more revenge? It's it's hard to put him and figure Jim out, right? So it's really hard to know. Because if you told me he's back in the interview cycle, even if they have an incredible year, I'll believe it. If you tell me he's turning people down now that he feels like, we're rolling and this is my, this is where I'm meant to coach or does he have to like scratch that itch again? Or is this just an opportunity? Cause they do have a lot of good players on the team and Chris Bowder's the GM. Now would he want his own GM? You know, they're just cause part of getting the Michigan job is he was going to work for the dude from golden sacks, right? Like that guy was hiring him. Jim wasn't bringing in his own guy. Right. But now, and Jim had just come off a playoff. Brandon, like, I think was that the guy's name? Yeah. Questy. Oh, 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 Question in it. Sorry, I was thinking of there was the the guy who was a the the anyway, never mind. So has Jim, even though he's you know rolling again at Michigan, lost the juice to be like Sean Payton if you want to hide, like let's say Sean Payton's interviewing, it's basically like unless it's with Jerry Jones, like I, I get to pick everybody in this team. It does feel that probably or is like, listen, we'll give you eight, nine million, you know, probably more than that, twelve, fifteen million dollars. But Chris is going to help you pick the players. He knows what he's doing. Maybe Jim has at this point in time realized that that's an easier way to go, having dealt with a situation where, you know, I guess he's seen it both, right? He had bulky, even though he had a lot of influence, especially at the quarterback position. But he has technically been the owner, GM, and head coach when, you're the head, when you run a college program, right? Like there's yeah. no player that comes into Michigan that he doesn't, Ultimately, even if his position coach is the guy that wants him, he's got to give the okay for them to sign him. That's the best part about college football. That, like, Kirby Smart is the fucking GM owner and head coach of the Georgia Bulldogs. Sabin, Lincoln Riley, Ryan Day, like, it's a pretty good job once they pay you NFL money. It, it takes a little more time because the recruiting aspect that, of it is different than signing guys and, you know, dr- the draft, but because you got to spend so much time getting to know, like, kind of kiss guy's ass and lose a lot of people, but still like you get to pick who you want, right? Like ultimately Jim's decision, why this young quarterback, why he did that thing this year is because he picked that young quarterback, right? That's the guy he probably wanted. And then like, that's just, that's a powerful thing that we see in the NFL. Sometimes there's back and forth and fight, which is natural. I want this guy. You want that guy and the best operations. Like a lot of people keep saying is like, Did Seattle get a little lucky on Geno? It was clearly, you know, they acted like they liked Drew Locke. And my take was, I bet John Schneider really liked Drew Locke in the draft, but he's not dumb enough to know, like, it was probably clear in training camp that Drew Locke was not as good as the other guy. And ultimately, their job is to try to win games, so they made it pretty easy to see, and this guy's way better. John ain't going to fight it, and then everyone benefits. Like, ultimately, you always benefit, whether it's college. The difference is usually in the NFL – the GM some places does have a lot of juice. They can tell you who to start or at least kind of get in the owner's ear. In college, like every guy on the field is, like there's no booster forcing you to start a guy. Like it's it's your head coach. Yeah.
2: It's in a weird way, I think Ballard, who Jim Ursay said is definitely not getting fired, and Jim Harbaugh are kind of a match in terms of just style. I think they would actually work. But the problem is I, it does feel like a GM would be kind of nuts to – want to hire Jim unless he's very secure about a, he's very secure about how he and Jim would work together or B He just doesn't have a choice. Right. Cause I do think fundamentally what Ballard would want a team to look like and what Jim would want a team to look like are kind of probably the same or
0: similar, at least the the Colts have been when they've been good over the last couple of years. Like when they've had their moments, I think I saw his record was like 40, 33 and one. So they have been a competitive team. They have been a physical, run the ball down your throat team, not rely too much on the pass, right? And you could even say the Michigan I'm watching now has relied a little more on the pass these last couple of years. Their, their run game is still dominant, but their running back's really good. Yeah, and they, they had Plus two I guys had Tech last Charbonnet year too. And he couldn't beat out those guys. Well, the guy they got now is Blake Corum. Uh,
2: yeah, he's a stud. Uh, Johnny Nice was a Baltimore Colt, so. Um. I guess not an the, uh, remember we were talking about crazy owner things. Jim or say, you know, he got the Colts by trading the Rams to the owner of the Rams. They traded teams.
0: I, I, I do like stories from the sixties and seventies on sports more. Than, then he uh, moved
2: them in the middle of the night. I'm pretty sure that story goes right. Just like moved everybody out in the middle of the night. They left
0: Baltimore in the middle of the night, truly middle of the night. Pat I just think so, up so, society had a little more, uh, known factor back in like the 70s shit you're like what just happened it's just, it just happened well, yeah less I think.
2: Now. yeah yeah i i think um nfl teams were were uh run like uh like just like your local you know every like town is gets like a few just like just business guys that are just you know they could just they got enough money that they're not going to lose everything by doing some nutty things and starting a restaurant that doesn't make any money and i've got one guy in mind who i love but uh, I feels like NFL teams were run like smaller, like small businesses. It used to, because that's where they were. They were not these multi-billion dollar corporations. You know, they were run like, like
0: Mattress Mac runs it. You know what I mean? Like it was Mattress Mac, that guy, that guy owned all the teams. Well, think about this. Like Eddie gets a lot of credit, right. For being on the forefront of the nice jet and, and taking care of players. Yeah. I bet there were some owners in the league that understood like treating employees is a, you know, and especially your star talent, it means a lot, but you might not have had the money. Like if you were just richer and willing to do that, you had a big advantage. Now there's just a bar, like you don't have a choice. I mean, it wasn't that long ago in the NBA. Cuban was like Mark Cuban, first guy to just get his own charter jet, wipe it out. Only players only. Then like everyone followed suit. I'll never forget going to Disneyland. It's the only time I've ever been 95, maybe and getting on a Southwest flight from Sacramento to Los Angeles and me holding on like, or right behind my dad, and he'd be like, Oh, Lemon Murray. And it was the Clippers. <laughs> the, the Clippers were just on the team. Like that's just, that wasn't that, that was when we were alive. You know, it's just an NBA team could be on your fucking flight. Now they were the last, but these stories, I'm a sucker for just, old shit stories like the Jim Harbaugh team that he played for the Colts is a completely different world than the NFL. We we we're part of talk about follow and discuss. Yeah. Now,
2: yeah, the conversation about the artificial turf and how we should only play uh, NFL games on grass. Now, while legitimate, let's not forget what the turf was. I'm not saying they should be happy with the artificial turf that tears everybody's ACLs, but there was a time when Harbaugh played. These guys were basically playing on concrete, and like putt putt golf was uh, carpeting, right? It was like little low fucking hotel carpeting.
0: I think the stadium where the Eagles played before they built the link had concrete Veterans. under yeah. the. Uh, and that's where Michael Irvin was broke his neck or whatever and was well, carted up. I that was the ending. field
2: member where Herm and, and uh, Was it Andy Reid? They were like, we, we just, this field is, we are not playing on this field. It's a
0: preseason game. They're like, it, uh, it was, I thought it was Billick. Wasn't it like Ravens, Eagles, and the carpet was like uneven, and Billick like, just walked off the field? Maybe that also happened. I just remember Herm telling the story, maybe on the podcast.
1: I Him think and
2: Andy like meeting at midfield. Like they just both got back on. They got back on the bus and went back to. I think it would have been Baltimore. Oh yeah, I guess Herm might have been the Eagles coach at the time.
1: Uh, Is that possible? No, he never it coached the Eagles with
0: Herm also. So maybe it was a. I think well, Herm played for those Eagles teams in the '80s. I can't even imagine what the facilities. I mean, what the whole thing. Billick would Billick would definitely do that. And he's like not the wrong
2: what, thing to do. Meanwhile, Raiders and Packers with poor Matt Lafleur in his first year played on an 80-yard field, or whatever the hell that was. Remember that? <laughs> and
0: Gruden wanted everyone to break legs, and Lafleur refused. You know, what I was thinking about today. If you, if if you, and they trade- tried to the alpha Lafleur, and Lafleur kind of
2: didn't give in. Yeah. If if you traded uh four if you traded four picks and players for a coach and that coach led you to the Super Bowl, would you say the
0: trade worked? Do Ch- you win? Yeah, you win the championship. I, I mean I'd say most people subscribe to the old adage of whatever you have to do to win the championship is right. good. And I tend to agree if it I subtract bubble championships, which I don't yeah, count. So the Anthony Davis count. does not, it was a failure. But I would say historically, every, like Stafford, everything they did for that championship, no matter what happens moving forward, the Rams will can always say they were champion in the NFL. Yeah. Is it a poor reflection of Gruden that the – because what's crazy about that Super Bowl was they traded all the
2: shit to get Gruden, he won the championship. But the, the Raiders went to the championship too. Like traded Gruden and they're like, yeah, look. Now the difference was he. they probably lose the game because Gruden's on the other side, right?
0: I, I See, to me, both those teams – are the they do. I think it's historically because, like, the Bucs knew all their calls. Remember, I think Lynch has talked yeah, about it. Like, yeah, they knew yeah. every check. But it's a little like Larry Coker on each side. Right. Like, you just inherit a sweet team. So, what's his name that took over the Raiders? Like, they were already loaded. And then most of the Bucks guys that are anti-Gruden or people around football were like, well, yeah, he just fucking inherited Tony Dungy's sweet squad. They were already competing to win Super Bowls, you know. Was he the difference? Maybe, but could it have just been like that was their time? Like, if you would have taken over the Eagles in, like, 05, could they have just won the Super Bowl instead of having Andy Reid? Possibly, right? If you had just taken over the Patriots in 2015, could Nate Hackett have won the Super Bowl that year? Possibly. But, that, like, three years later, it could have been a disaster. If you're just handed – if Tim Cook leaves tomorrow and someone's handed Apple, like, there's a decent chance for a couple years they're just going to keep rolling, then it could crumble. Right. Right? If I just hand – Sean, if I fired Dan Campbell, Spielman, every fucking guy in the Lions building and handed Sean Payton the Lions, more than likely the Lions are maybe a little better next year, but they're probably not great, right? I just hand them the Chargers, please, for the sake of everybody. But on the flip side, when you're handed the Raiders and they're actually pretty decent and then you really suck. Is that a reflection of the coach?
2: Uh, It's a reflection
0: of more than the coach who players just the whole thing right i mean but we saw the players have success
2: yeah that's true uh raiders this week are facing a coach who's never coached above high school a play caller who's never called plays and a qb who's never want to start in the nfl that's what uh, josh about raider homer
0: tweeted what's the worst loss in nfl history Ooh. that's impossible to say i mean that's a long. i do bal could track that one down well, what sure. what's the what's what's the worst loss of the last 12 months would you say is Colt's Jags the worst loss given that all they had to do is beat the Jags but when you look at the history you're like well the jags do beat, the jags beat all the them time. all the
2: time uh the worst loss in NFL history it's impossible i mean i mean yeah. it would have to be like you know some not have to be but the first thing I think of is is a playoff team off a of bye playing some you know some team that snuck in with like a
0: 500 record at home and losing let's just let's just do the last couple 28 to 3 let's just use the last not even that far, like the last last season and so far this season there's probably not a loss this season that could equal anything last season because last season like the chargers losing to the raiders that are undermanned when your quarterback's rolling right to a team that clearly is not as good as you was pretty bad. The Jags losing to the Colts, like giving the magnitude of that game. I think when you factor in the variables of the situation of Jeff Saturday, I'd even throw in like Ellinger. like hundred percent you should throw in Ellinger. Like the only reason me, he's starting is because the owner likes him. Well, like to me, it's pretty clear if you just watch a half of football – like Heineke to me feels like he's in a different universe than Sam. Yes, <laughs> Heineke should be in the NFL for the next eight to ten years. One, yeah, he he is established. Like he's probably better. He's gonna he, he's a better player than Chase Daniel. And who knows if his career lasts that long? But he's like a legitimate talent as a backup. The Jeff Saturday Sam Ellinger element, because you could tell me this guy, uh, what's 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 the coordinator's name? Uh, Elliot Frazier. Parks Frazier. Frazier was destined to be like a pretty good offensive mind one day, right? Yeah. He's just been in the NFL and he's former quarterback at Kent state or Sanford or wherever the little school he's from. And he's just your class. Sam,
2: like Sam. So, so.
0: Yeah. Do, do, like, if, like, isn't he typically the type of guy, like this guy's a 10 year NFL coordinator or whatever. Like I'm not going to be shocked at that. That is not that weird. That happens to me. It's the other, the head coach. Cause someone DM me this, is it, how, would it be borderline impossible to just show up out of nowhere and like create Practice plans? I'm like he's Jeff Saturday's not creating the practice plans. Well, I said that to you yesterday, and you made the point that there's already guys on staff that have them. Yeah, well, I, they literally just practice like they've been practicing. Now he could do. Could I see them? And maybe we could make some tweaks. Like this is what we did under Dungey. This is what we did a Caldwell. Talking to different people over the years. Like let's add this period. But there, he's not going to like take out a sharpie, exit out. Do this, 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 and this, right? I mean, that's that's just not happening. You wouldn't think. May, maybe were you surprised to see how smiley he looked in his press conference? Not Thursday, uh, but which, Saturday. Uh kind of no. like you just named we the just head handed coach him an NFL team.
2: And that's just what he's used to. You throw on a suit, you get on camera, and uh, the lights are on. You just, uh, you know, it's NFL Live. You just put on a smile. <laughs> Good point, Lewis. You know, field, when I watch this team, you know, Susie, you know, Susie. Uh, Evan says, how about everybody that lost to the Bengals in the playoffs last year?
0: The difference is like, it's pretty clear when they're healthy. They're a pretty respectable offensive yeah. squad, right? Just a, not a lot of film. Do you do you think? That he was Osh- asking Dan Orlovsky what he thought. And, and um, to me, that's. It sounds funnier than it – like, it's – Dan Orlovsky was trained in quarterback rooms. Like, Dan knows what he's looking at schematically, right? You're a backup quarterback for a decade. You have been taught by offensive coordinators yeah. what to look at. So when Jeff Saturday – because Peyton Manning is not going to spend a lot of time breaking down the Colts' offense, unless Jim asks him to. And even then, he might go, I gotta, I, I just don't have time. But I do think Dan, who's naturally doing it anyway – like Jeff's asking him for advice. And we were texting about this last night. Well, why is he doing that? Because, or I mean, Dan for advice, because Jim's probably peppering him. Like, what are we doing wrong? And Jeff can look at the run game, but there are probably elements of the past game that he might not know, or even could contextualize. So he's got to ask other guys. That's why coming to this thing, there's an element of toughness and respect he can bring, but he's going to need parks, Frazier to like dial up the place right i mean he's not going to know the verbiage of the offense more than likely unless he played in that specific no human being if a player can't figure it out in a week coach is going to know the playbook right who just literally shows up on i mean today's his first full work day i would guess he flew in yesterday i would be very interested in what he when the game kicks off what is
2: he doing like is he really managing timeouts or somebody is like somebody in charge of that too.
0: Say the exact quote from Merce about analytics. Was he taking a shot at analytics or was he, uh, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but I can find did it. Did you, did you feel when he said it? Cause I, I did hear the clip and I wasn't quite sure. Is he saying like analytics are a good thing. You got to use them or like, fuck that shit. We're no, going to play I, ball. I thought he was saying
2: that coaches are afraid to like follow their gut. Yeah. yeah just to do
0: what they think is right. Um, one thing I've heard about Frank who by all accounts is a fantastic human being. I mean, he's yeah, the type of guy that marries people. People his character there, there is not a soul that's ever been around him that doesn't swear by Frank Reich's character. I have heard he is kind of a puss when it comes to you know, part of being an NFL coach is a little confrontational and a little willing to like, no fuck this, we're doing this because my like that ain't Frank. And when I saw some of the clips of Ursay, I thought he was kind of tired of like just fr- Frank just doesn't want to create controversy and kind of as a coach, you got to have the balls like this might not work. Bring the heat. If I mess up because it's like Brian Kelly's a good example. Like fuck it. We're winning it or losing it right now. If I lose it, you know, I might have, you know, already equity. Like I got this close, but he would have taken some shit. Like fuck it. Like one thing you say about Brian Kelly, like he ain't scared about being judged. Like Frank, from what I've been told, ain't a big like ruffle feathers guy when he's just has the opportunity to do it maybe he feels jeff saturday an undrafted free agent tough guy all pro just has some more balls yeah i'd heard he's not he's not big
2: like hold players accountable guy and i think we saw it when they benched matt ryan he remember his comments like you know when matt came we promised Mm -hmm. matt that he'd have an offensive line and that didn't put a lot of of always making excuses almost Now, part of it was like, you know, he feels bad probably because Matt Ryan shouldn't be benched for Sam Ellinger in his mind. Right. Like you're like, you're lying. You can't say Jim Irsay told me to do this. So you're kind you have to lie
0: about why it's happening. So that's part of it. The the way he was described to me was like really good guy, but typical former player always leans like, you know, this guy's kind of getting screwed this way. It's not Uh, necessarily his fault, you know, and that's a good example with Matt Ryan. No, no, Frank, Matt's not getting screwed here. Matt is horrendous right now. Good again, another good guy, but he's just a bad player right now. And that's the thing with sports, especially in football, because how fast, like you know, in baseball and basketball, you're just stuck with guys. Like you just can't cut a guy that's making thirty million. In football, you can bench guys at the moment's notice. Right? You can just cut a guy. It's of the three leagues the most. Like you can just be cutthroat when you are cutthroat. It's why. It's why when you say historically, Walsh, Belichick, Parcells, like. These guys just do not fuck around when, when a de- when a big time decision needs to be made. We're just we just pivot, right? Uh,
2: yeah. So so I have a question that I, I want to ask you, which is this: Do you think that somebody in the Raiders' offices, the, under the direction of Josh McDaniels, has pulled the tape of Hebron Christian High School from 2017 to 2020? A serious question. When Jeff Saturday was the head coach, and said. Let's we got to watch a little Jeff Saturday tape. Yes. How do you think, get it? How do they get it? They had to get a hold of somebody. Somebody had to get a hold of somebody. Somebody was assigned that task, right? Somebody's got to get some Hebron Christian high school from 2017.
0: Well, they have a lot of guys, including their head coach and general manager, that basically his careers were created because of Belichick. If I told you Belichick was playing this, is there any chance on God's green earth that they wouldn't have people breaking down the I last team he coached? Man.
2: They would have it all. This is in, uh, (laughs) I think that's the high school. Dacula, Georgia. Is that where he was? I thought he was in the Midwest somewhere, but.
0: I think, didn't Jeff Saturday go to North Carolina? I think he's a Southern guy. He doesn't quite feel like that, but I I think that's kind of his roots. Yes, I, I would. I would imagine that they were immediately. What I think the way you could probably go about it is like. You know, your college scouts would immediately call a high school coach or a college coach that recruits and would get you on the phone with the high school coach. Well, if you're the the Hebron guys,
2: you're like, we're not giving you our film. Just Saturday's our guy. We're not helping you out. So you got to get like all this cross tape from all these
0: random teams in whatever Christian athletic league they're in. Yeah. So what you probably have to do, a good point, is you'd have to attack their rival. And you'd call him, and you'd be like, "Hey, this is Josh McDaniels," and the high school coach would think it was sweet, and then he'd be like, "Yeah, I'll DM it. I'll, you know, I'll have my guy email to you right now." Oh, yeah, yeah. uh, no, I emailed to you because I'm also... yeah, yeah, that. yeah. What's your email, Josh? <laughs> well, I first I, I got to cut, cut, I got to, I got to cut the grass and go pick up some Gatorades first, and then I'll, I'll fire it to you, buddy. Uh, Nick
2: uh, wants to know: Would there ever be a situation where the Raiders would take Garoppolo and the Niners could get Carr? I don't think Kyle can develop a QB. He needs a veteran QB, in my opinion. Well, I. I do think there's a scenario where the Raiders could get Jimmy. I don't think there's a scenario at this point coming off of this season where Carr would be a Niner. But Jimmy to the Raiders is not an insane thing as a free agent, actually.
0: I do think it would be a lot easier for Derek playing for the 49ers. It was a more, more stable operation. A lot but how does he weapons. end up on the Niners? Kyle signs him Trade. because Trey's not healthy. Trade. and. Trade What What trade? 49ers don't have anything to trade. That's true. I'm just thinking now they don't have any pick, but, but, I right? mean, the, the, the Niners would not
2: trade Jimmy for Derek.
0: No, I was thinking, like, trade your second-round pick, but they don't have a second-round pick.
2: Jimmy would have to leave as a free agent to the Raiders, and then the Raiders would, I guess, yeah, maybe they would then. They might cut him, but I guess they would trade him in that scenario. You're right.
0: Derek 100% would Derek have, would a trade have some value. In Yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. I mean, wouldn't the Jets be interested? Potentially the Patriots be interested? Potentially there'd Colts. be a lot of Colts. Har- Honestly, if you told me Harbaugh gets Derek, I'd go, you know what? Resurrection. This thing he, has a chance to work. You've always been adamant that you don't think he's going to retire because he said that the only team I would play for would be the Raiders. Or I'll just play golf.
2: I was thinking about this yesterday. Actually, I was DMing uh, somebody about it. How could you walk away after if this Raiders season continues down this path? Derek can't walk. Like if the Raiders are like, we're going to try and get Jimmy or we're going to draft a quarterback or whatever. You can't walk away after this year to live in Vegas and watch Devontae Adams play for the Raiders. No way. Derek would not do. I don't think he would do that. He'd got, he'd have to go play somewhere. And by the way, I I think like Derek loves ball. Derek loves talking ball. Derek loves being an NFL quarterback. You only get to be an NFL quarterback for so long to me. Like the second he gets on the phone with Colts coach, Jim Harbaugh or, uh, I don't know, uh, Belichick, <laughs> Panthers coach, Sean Payton or Belichick. He'd be like, you know what? Yeah, fuck it. I'm going to go play for these guys. Like, I, I I don't know, man. I. It's not that I'm saying I don't believe him necessarily. I just think somebody else could light his fire. And what's he going to do? Sit in Vegas and
0: play golf while Monty's while well, in town, like living around the corner? One thing we saw this year is think about what happened this year the quarterback movement was pretty nuts. Yeah, Carson Wentz on the football team. You got Matt Ryan on the Colts. You got Deshaun Watson on the on the Browns. Like, if you tell me there are three or four, like, what, what, like, right now, if I said the name of, like, three or four quarterbacks, where they're going to be next year, a lot of people's jaw would, I don't know, hit the floor. But, yeah, there were some hit-the-floor moments. Tyreek Hills on the Dolphins, Devontae. One thing we've seen now, the trade deadline's a good example. These younger, super-rich Fucking coaches and GMs, they ain't waiting for like, yeah, we'll just figure it out. That's been the Colts' problem. They've kind of slow-played it. All these other GMs are like, pedal to the metal. I'll tell you this. If Josh McDaniels wins like five games, he ain't going to try to suck next year. I mean, He might go, I got to make the wild card to keep my job. Yeah, you're right. He wouldn't go, let me go draft
2: a quarterback and develop him. He wouldn't be able to. He would need, <laughs> He would need a
0: quarterback. So what quarterback would he get? Could be Jimmy, could be James, could be Mac. I mean, it's there. Th- there could be it to me. There are just yeah, a lot Derek of scenarios. To the
2: Pats, Mac to the, that's not crazy. Because Matt, w- would you imagine Matt Ryan retires? Uh yes, I would imagine that. Yeah. Well, he does, but he's got a lot of money coming to him next year, doesn't he? I think well, he does. Well, they're gonna cut him, then. I would think. If you get cut with a year left on your deal, they just pay it out right then? It just depends and, how much you're owed. Then you can just retire with that year's money?
0: Yeah, so I mean, technically, he's owed... I mean, it's hard to really tell. You Maybe know, they, they
2: agreed. $30 something. million,
0: dollars, I don't know exactly how much is guaranteed. I mean, he's guy his dead cap, seven years into his contract, is still $18 million. I mean, he is just... I remember when he signed his deal, a guy that negotiates as part of like a front office told me, At the time, it was a pretty historical deal because they guaranteed $100 million. So at signing, or no, maybe it was this, guaranteed at signing, he's like, within two weeks, he's going to get $95 million. And that was the first of like, that was ahead of its time in 2018. And then obviously the floodgates have opened the last two or three years with the Mahomes and Josh Allen. But I just remember like at, at the time, like part of that escrow thing was like, you know, we only guarantee 30, 40 million, put the rest of the $100 million away. But that was like, The NFL has kind of to a new threshold because when Steph Curry signs a $200 million deal, I I don't, I pay you over time, 35, 40. Like I don't get to 90 until like year three, but at at the time, Arthur blank, boom, 94.5. Wow. I bet, I bet that like, for example, Kyler Murray contract. I wonder if Kyler, not as much at signing. My guess would be no. Well, he got the... Yeah, he uh, did. No, he never mind. Well, it's because he agreed to the uh, study study uh, clause. Well, think of This is how ahead of the time Matt Ryan was. Kyler Murray, f- almost four years later, his guaranteed at signing was 103. So it's not like they've gone from 95 to like 150. Like that, that $100 million, like cutting a $100 million check? I mean... These franchises are a bit, they're not Apple or Google. I mean, that's, that's a big check to cut. That's all cash. It's not like, well, can, can I finance, you know, 70 million of, no, it's like cash into the account.
2: If you're Arthur Blank, you get first thing in the morning or does that sit on your desk till the end of the day? I think first thing in the morning. <laughs> get it over with. Fuck. That's
0: can one you, of those where, like, should we direct deposit this? And you're like, mm, write the check, please. Can you imagine being Bidwell? and afforded him $103 million in watching this? I, well, is Cliff going to get fired midseason? Or he just got extended? Before I got booted off Twitter, I saw he was trending. People thought he was going to get fired after he's, what's – I didn't think he was going to get fired. I, I think he makes it the whole year. Yeah, I'm just I'm just saying, if he loses this week, he's 3-7. and seven. Yeah, didn't did win 11 and make the playoffs last year. That's true. I saw his brother, not his brother, Vance's brother, right? Who I guess you could, if you fired Cliff, you could make him the head coach. His brother's the interim coach at Nebraska. Yeah. I saw a headline that like he was in the mix for Arizona State. And then so I did some digging. I'm like, this guy, I mean, you can't, this guy can't be the head coach, can he? What's his, what has he done? Well, I mean, he's actually been a small school guy. for. He was the Nebraska quarterback way back in like the late 80s. Okay. But I think the biggest school he ever coached at was like in 2017, 18, 19, he got involved with like, I think, LSU. And then he went with Scott to Nebraska. But he has not been a big school coach for a long period of time. And obviously, Nebraska, you watch them. I mean, they're not like they've resurrected once they fired Scott. I mean, they have not been that good. He kind of looks like – I mean, him and Vance look very similar. Yeah, because I remember
2: watching their first game, his first game, because it was a big Fox game. Yeah. Big noon game. They played uh, maybe Oklahoma. Remember? Because Oklahoma had, like, been losing, and it was like, oh, they're only a, they're a, they are only were a small favorite against Nebraska, and they kicked their ass. I think that's what happened that
0: day. I, I think that if they were to hire or fire everybody at Arizona, I don't know how big of a – Arizona State. Excuse me. Back to the NFL now. If Arizona fired everybody, how interested like legitimate people would be? That that yeah, you might end up
2: with another like Hackett type hire.
0: Is Arizona State a better job than the Cardinals?
2: No, it's going to pay. I mean, it's not going to pay what the Cardinals' job pays. Yeah, Cardinals' jobs. And and, and again, for all of Kyler's limitations, I should be able to. You should. You should be able to win. You should. You should be able to be a wild card contender with Kyler Murray.
0: Don't you who think would th- who would have who would you have put money on this year to have a better season? Jaden Daniels and the SEC or Kyler Murray?
2: I mean, how about if Brian Kelly like Brian Kelly right now probably is going to be in the SEC title game. Well, if he wins out, he's in. Right. Well, if he wins out, he's in. Yeah. I think they play. I got to check their schedule. I think they play like at Arkansas at AM still.
0: I don't think Arkansas is very good this year, though.
2: Well, just two SEC road games. I mean, Achoo. albeit you're right, not great team. I think that's their schedule.
0: But yeah, he just beat Bama, so he's got he's got Arkansas this week. He's got the powerhouse he's got UAB okay. the following week, and then he has you know the three win Texas A&M uh, Aggie. So he he's in pretty good shape. Yeah. So he's got a shot to go to the SEC title game. This game this week would be the letdown game. If you tell me you look up and they're down. 13 to seven and a half like this. I, I wouldn't blame them, but yeah. they should win that game. And it's on the road. You're right. Yeah. And they got to go the road. To, by the time they get to a and I mean, no bull. Talk about a checkout fest. Sure. Guys will be. Yeah. Thinking about Th- this might be their season, right? This is the classic. I don't care how good a coach you are. This is not an easy. Can they beat
1: Georgia?
0: SEC title game? I mean, did you ever think Jaden Daniels would
2: be a functional player? Yeah. I, at one point in time, I thought he was fantastic. I thought he was going to be
0: really good. I did. I'm just, I guess you already paying the guy 95 million. I was saying this, Brian Kelly. Cause there's a difference between like giving Charlie Weiss an extension, like Brian Kelly, like you already gave him 10 years. So where's you he paid him? Go? Like he was going <laughs> to contend for the
2: sec title game this year. Right. Yeah, I
0: guess the good part about giving guys that you like that eight ninety five deal. It's like, I don't need to give you extensions for fucking years.
2: And also it's LSU. Like what
0: job are you leveraging?
2: Like, like, oh, Michigan State called. Like, no, they didn't. Right? So what? Yeah, go. What
0: was he going to say? Auburn called? He had a pretty unreal. He got his ass kicked by Tennessee. And then he went on a run of beat Florida by 10, which is a big deal at LSU, right? That's a rivalry game. Kicks Lane's ass. Beats Bam on a walk-off touchdown at home. Night game. For I guess, two.
2: Right, went for two. Went
0: for two. Went for two. That's pretty good. Three game stretch. That's you get fucking become beloved.
2: I'm happy. LSU being good
0: is just so it's great on TV. Crazy thing about Bama is like even when they lose. I mean, think about their losses. It's I like know. a walk off field goal that hits the goalpost. Uh, go for two. I know.
2: Should I honestly if,
0: should it be Tennessee?
2: I don't know if you should say that, but like.
0: One thing people in the SEC will tell you, though, like when you really nitpick them the last couple of years. They've could have lost like five or six games. Now it's part of like why Nick Saban. But they have been in a crazy amount of tight games. That for a long period of time they were in one or two a year. They've been in like five or six a year lately. Mm-hmm. Like last year, and Ogeron almost beat them. You know they've mm-hmm. been in A did beat them. Uh, Lane, remember a couple of years ago when we bet on him, it was way closer than it should. They've they twenty two points from underdogs. Their talent isn't quite what it. I mean, they're kind of a two man show right now.
1: Now, Price granted, those will. two
0: guys are going to go one and three. So <laughs> if you're, you're like, yeah, we're a two-man team, like who are your two players? The number one overall quarterback and the best pass rusher in the country, you're like, yeah, yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> it's like
2: if they were an NBA jam team, they'd win the whole thing, you know?
0: It's like, well, who's George's best player? Actually, it's the defensive lineman. Well, didn't all the defensive linemen get drafted? Yeah, he was the underclassman last year and he was their best player. Oh, and the corner who was, you know, many considered, you know, if Jordan Davis was the second best player, this guy was the third best player. Like, where the fuck are they getting these guys? Like, yeah, their third tight end is six foot seven, 270 pounds. Was it you telling me or someone else telling me that someone was talking to them in a production meeting and said, Why don't you just run three tight ends? I was telling you that, yeah. And the you G- watch
2: all- Georgia. Somebody said, Why the Georgia OC? Uh, like, why, why don't you guys run? off the record uh <laughs> well, they, they, well yeah why
1: don't you? they did, did a lot during end.
0: tennessee like i mean their, their three best players guy i mean on offense are tight ends i mean their best player on their team is a fucking tight end and the, their their third tight end technically i think he's their second now is the the washington number zero is six foot seven 260 pounds 270 pounds and a lot of people said, you know, he's probably top 50 player. I text one guy the other day. He's like, well, he's going to run faster than you think. And the moment teams meet a guy six foot seven two That's been like a three year player at Georgia who plays tight end. Doesn't that guy feel like a? if he's a, I, I think he's a good character guy, like feel like a lock to go in the twenties. Like when you just take, who'd you get a pick 31? I don't know. A six foot seven tight end from the sec who's dominated, who can jump over guys like, where do you go wrong? Like, w- are we overthinking this? I'm searching
2: Twitter right now, John, for uh, Prop 27 updates. I'm not seeing. Them. I know the latest polling on Monday uh, was not looking good, but uh, something to keep an eye on. For, what updates? Uh,
0: Prop 27. Not to get political here. We can get political with that. What's What's wrong with people, man? How did gambling? Every state in fucking America that matters financially has passed. And somehow California got their panties in a bunch by arguing over the homeless. It's not about where the fucking money goes, it's, that it's generating money. And the state gets a piece of it. Then they can fuck around and wipe their ass with it Was they do. How would this not I, pass? I don't know. I've not been checking the polling numbers. My
2: guess is that. Well, I don't. I shouldn't say I know I, that it's not so much about where it goes and just simply what it is that it's going to take a few years to people to accept it.
0: So the most, pro- quote unquote, progressive state is beh- New York, Philadelphia. Every state is past it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's the same state where it's like, you know, uh, um, flavored tobacco uh, does not have a place. Right. Although I didn't see what that thing did today yet. But.
0: There's a on the ballot about flavored
2: tobacco? Uh it actually was on the ballot a couple of years ago and it's back. Did you vote? I mean, for what? For everything or for uh for Did you go to
0: the Did you go to the polling?
2: i I mailed it. Oh. My Y on twenty seven is uh going through the machine as we speak. No, that's getting
0: tossed. <laughs> It may, it just may not matter by that point. I got Billy in the machine going, that's a no. That one's not good. Yeah, uh,
2: that one's not good. So, uh, anyway, uh, I'm also
0: trying to find the latest CFP ranks as we sit here, but
2: we can go ahead and.
0: One day, man. Cal- yep. Gambling be legal in California in 2075.
2: Back to daily fantasy for me, John. Uh,. Where's my CFP rankings? Can I get some CFP rankings? Or
0: maybe they're just leaking them out a little at a time. Uh, California. Uh, th- that one is an all timer, given that every other state not, surprise. <laughs> I am in the fact that like every other state passes pretty easily. Like I'm talking other states that are like California, Philadelphia, you know, PA, uh New York, if New York City passed it years ago, California has no excuse not to pass it. Yeah, I, football coach.
2: There's no excuses to be made.
0: I saw people in the industry tweeting no on twenty seven. I if Twitter had a slap emoji, and you were on it, and I was on it, what a joke. Meanwhile, uh, I got my egg tweeting about crypto. Uh, <laughs> it's not an egg. I mean, it's uh it's a real logo. In Prop 27. Clemson, Bama. So Clemson's 10, Bama's 9, SC is 8. I love this. First thing I find, I, I type in Prop 27. This person, hashtag, hashtag Fire Cliff, hashtag Fire Chime. If you vote no on Prop 27, you're a fucking authoritarian loser, and I generally hate you. Now, granted, this could be Prop 27, and there's legalize on... California. This guy's talking about it. We got a lot of people on our side when you just type it in.
2: I actually saw a couple um, Niners. (laughs) I don't know if you saw Niners tweets when uh, I saw this one. Somebody said uh, yes on 27. Somebody else said it better pass, but it won't. And then somebody said Prop 27 on Election Day. And it's a a picture of Garoppolo coming out in the Super Bowl. I don't even know what that means. I guess that it's not going to work or that it is going to work.
0: Just sad, man.
2: Niners score on that drive? Uh, No. And there was another one that was a picture, and it said Prop 27 on Election Day, and it was Sherman trying to chase. It was Richard Sherman as a Niner trying to chase somebody down in the Super Bowl. Well,
0: Like, I got moms urge Californians to vote no on Prop 27. Like, it's, you got to be of age. You're talking about
2: yeah, well, I but I think a lot of their ads they they were like, you know, if if you have if you allow this, my kid will have access to gambling on the phone. Uh, here we go. Photo prop 27, and it's just a picture of Richard Sherman trying to catch Sammy Watkins on the Super Bowl. See this one? Does that mean it's gonna get there? I don't what happened on that play? No, he he didn't catch him. Well, uh pour one out tonight, Titos. Yeah, that's what uh, we always have that at least. Can I get the latest CFP rankings, please? TCU get number four? Anyway. All right. On that note, adios, people. Hi, everybody.